So folks, welcome to yet another episode from the TGV Global Speaker Series and our guest for today is Simon Tratnik and he's from Slovenia. Simon has learned from his own experiences the valuable lesson that creating a profitable product requires more than just aesthetics and assumptions. His journey began with a failed product launch that costed nearly 250k euros and yielded zero revenue and this pivotal moment led Simon to shift his approach emphasizing the importance of validating product ideas with real users before building them sounds interesting isn't it and now as a product development expert he is committed to helping teams channel their energy into a focused vision reducing time to market uncertainty and identify new market opportunities to stay ahead of the competition and as we prepare to delve into our conversation on the topic at hand mastering product strategy navigating technology trends and accelerating success with simon tratnik here is an exciting twist let us tickle his brain first the simon Get ready for a rapid fire round of random words. I'll mention a few and I would love to hear the first thing that comes to your mind without thinking much. Are you ready for it? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get rolling. Here comes the first word. It is curiosity. Um, having a desire to uh, constant learning. Creativity. Uh c- creative confidence anybody can be uh, creative invention um act of creating something new to solve problem future future is bright book constant learning movie a story founder usually a person with a vision product solution that solves a problem universe <laughs> one big party <laughs> and the last one is startups ah uh, first attempt to build a sustainable business wow first attempt to build a sustainable business loved it amazing amazing responses simon and thank you for participating in the first rapid fire round so sportively really appreciate it and there is one more rapid fire round waiting towards the end and folks welcome to the guiding voice podcast series where we embark on transformative conversations for a better future i'm your host navin samala dedicated to making the world a better place through valuable discussions that add value not only to your life but also to your career thank you so much for tuning in and simon you are our very first guest from slovenia hearty welcome to the guiding voice and also the tgv global speaker series how are you feeling today uh, i'm doing well thanks you for thanks for having me and it is pleasure to have you part of our journey and without further ado let's get the ball rolling simon let's start with your success mantra so please share with our audience the top 3 things that have attributed to your success so far yeah good question um i would say i mentioned before the constant learning um i'm one of those people who uh never is satisfied with what i all, already know so i'm trying to seek new knowledge so i would say that it, that was the big thing for me 
The second thing was probably never be satisfied with the status quo. So a lot of times you hear people say, well, things are the way they are and we can we cannot do anything about it. Well, I was never I'm never satisfied with that answer. I always think there's something more to it. So I would say that was huge. What else? Maybe finding and then adopting and changing and twisting some of the processes um, that can and methods and tools that can be um, that can uh, replicate the success, whether that is in a product space, service space, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, anything that can help um, you do things successfully on repeat. Wow! So that would be my my top three. <laughs> Excellent. So Simon, let's move forward and uh, talk about your toughest lessons that you have learned as an entrepreneur because you have lost 250k euros in your startup. So please share our your journey with us. Yeah, I, I would actually expand on this. Mm-hmm. I would say the toughest lesson obviously was you're trying to build a product and at the end of the day, you want uh, people to basically buy your solution, uh, which in hindsight, looking back, meaning, yeah, sure, we might we might build a product that will solve a problem. Um, so basically delivery means delivering value. But in return, we'd also need to capture that value. So that means we need to get um, we need to get paid for it. Otherwise, it's just a charity. So the biggest lesson was because I'm coming, I started with the, in, in the startup space. The biggest lesson was, okay, how can we monetize this? On one end, sure, we, we need to solve a problem for the end user, which was first big lesson. But the second one was probably even more that if we cannot capture value in the return, then we don't have like a sustainable business. So that is not a good, I would say, product to build. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think this is uh, really valid. Uh, most of the time, startups uh, try to give freebies. And as you rightly mentioned, I think it is not charity. We need to start monetizing it. And the sooner we monetize, the more we get motivated as well, or else we will lose interest as well, right? So I can resonate with you on that. Let's move forward yeah, and exactly. talk. If, yeah. Can, can you share a specific example from your career where a very well executed product strategy had a significant impact on a company's success and what were the key elements that made it successful yeah good question i would say i would pick up an example that the product strategy was not successful at first but mm-hmm. later on uh showed up as a good sign for uh, for a company and I was working with one of the clients um, that uh, is from New York. Uh, the company is called Notus, and they're basically building a um, marketing platform for small and medium businesses that wants to um, grow through organic growth um, with the help, obviously, with the Twitter platform. And what we did basically is we've defined the product strategy and we didn't stuck just with okay this is like a, this is like a document one long document and let's now build the product now we've 
try to put it in as soon as possible in something more tangible, which means in our case, it was like a prototype that was tested uh, with real people, target people that would use this platform. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening is the users did not understand the product at all. They did <laughs> not see the, any value in it, mm-hmm. which was shocking for the founders because they thought, okay, we've we've built proof of concept, so the 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 code is working. Uh, there are insights that are coming out from it. So. The problem was why why the target audience or why the target users uh, don't see the value in it. And the problem was, there was few problems, but the majority of things were pointing to terminology, um, onboarding, how they even understand the product, try to grasp on what they can get out of the product. So they pivot the product into more educational platform and maybe now after a couple of years uh, after, maybe they put more emphasis on the technology and um, the, the language they're using. But for first and foremost, the big problem was that people could not see the value. Mm-hmm. We, valida- we validated that, that they don't see the value. We then pivoted, test again, and then we, see, we saw, okay, there is something to it. So mm-hmm. we kind of validated the product strategy with a different concept, mm. um, which in hindsight saved a lot of money because we haven't spent any resources on a development in terms of coding that idea. So I would say that was the, the big lesson here that, okay, you can build a product strategy on paper. Everything looks fine, but try to make it tangible and try to validate as soon as possible Otherwise, it's just a plan and you cannot do anything with plan, just a plan. You have to put in front of the, the end users at the end of the day, if you're building a product, obviously. Superb. I think these are real nuggets of wisdom. And for those of you who are trying to build your products, I think we have a powerful message out here. Directly, you're listening it from the horse's mouth. So take it, guys. I think, Simon, this is great. Let's move forward with my next one. In this uh, rapidly evolving tech industry, how do you stay updated on emerging trends and make sure that you are incorporating them into your product strategy? Yeah, good question. Because I think your question is very valid at the moment when it comes to AI, for example. Because before, um, I mean, AI is... it's existing for quite some time, but it wasn't as popular uh, or mainstream topic as it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point I'm trying to make here is that before, when you have different uh, other technologies, usually it it was in burst of, I don't know, in months that something, that one huge update uh, came. Now with uh, generative AI, and because the mass market is trying is adapting uh, adopting it more and more you see upgrades in weeks which means from week to week something huge can happen which is for me it's a little harder to stay on track like what is happening obviously you're trying to do your best uh, trying to see tr- i'm trying to follow as much as newsletters as i can like trying to read it see if there's any value 
Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I don't think you can follow a trend without trying things. So what I'm trying to do, for example, with uh, a, uh, AI in this case, I'm trying to use it, see if, what is the value here. If it solves a problem uh, in my process, uh, does it boost my productivity? And obviously, a lot of tools do that job really well. Some of them, I don't think they're doing that that good. But um, what I'm trying also do is then, okay, can we incorporate that into our process of working with clients? And I haven't, to be to be to be honest, I haven't added in a process with a client like, okay, that's part of the process. Mm-hmm. But we were exploring some things uh, with generative AI, like can we produce more solutions? Yeah. See if there's any other connections uh, with ideas that we haven't uh, thought of. And I think it's a really good tool, but it is something that is also unpredictable at times. So I would say when it comes to the AI, it's really good uh, to try things to see it, uh, how it works before you're trying to jump on a bandwagon and say, okay, that's the, that's the, new, that's the new way of working, basically. Yeah, it, it makes absolute sense. I, I think it is like evaluating the product before you purchase it and make sure that whether or not it is right fit for you. I think that helps in making the decisions effectively and moreover, since you, you are into consulting as well, it will help you recommend to your clients appropriately and it makes absolute sense. Now let's uh, move forward and talk about the common challenges that you have encountered in product strategy and how have you overcome them to achieve your goals. I know this is covered already in bits and pieces, uh, but I want you to summarize so that people can take this away. Yeah, probably the biggest challenge, Mm -hmm. our common challenge, I would say, is not understanding what strategy even is. Like, just the strategy name. Uh, let's leave it out like a product strategy. <laughs> so I'm working. So I'm working in a, a relationship business, which means I provide services for clients, and one of the one of the services is also product strategy sprint. And the biggest question I get is like, what do I get out of it? What what is the output? Because they clearly don't understand what the strategy is. And I talk with a lot of people, so I, I see a trend. So what I usually try to um, explain to them, and I'll try to be brief because an analogy can go long and long. Imagine having like a basketball team. Do you, do, uh, do you watch basketball? Uh, not much, but I, I can understand a bit. <laughs> okay. Okay, try try imagine just the two players on a mm-hmm. basketball court. Yeah. You have offense, you have defense. And the offense player can score. So the, the goal is to score a basket. And the offense player can have weaknesses mm-hmm. uh, and also strength. Yeah. So most likely, the, or the best idea would be to play through strength, not through weaknesses. Because then it might happen that uh, the player is risking that he will lose the ball and the defense will get the ball, which is not a good thing, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of ways how you can score a basket, even if you have strength. But the big thing is 
that you want to spend as little resources as possible to do that because the game is really long, like really long. And you want to spare as much energy as possible and you don't have infinitive of energy. Okay, those are just two players. Mm-hmm. Now imagine five players in the offense and five players in the defense. It can get complicated. So there's even more possibilities. So what I usually say the strategy is, it's a plan mm-hmm. with a goal where you identify risk um, and opportunities worth exploring. And usually the clients then understand it. Okay, so... The biggest, the second biggest thing is uh, the challenge is okay, or aha moment for them is okay, yeah, yeah, we don't have unlimited resources, so we have to spend it wisely. Mm-hmm. And then we, uh, and only after that, we start talking about okay, it doesn't matter like what is the output, it's much more important like what do we want to uh, achieve, so the outcome of it. Got it. Very well explained, Simon. I loved the basketball analogy. <laughs> so now let's talk about the balance between short-term goals and long-term goals or short-term goals and long-term vision when developing a product strategy. And how can we navigate this challenge effectively? Effectively. Yeah, we. Um, I've mentioned before, but we've. But still, we we have like a process where we try to tackle both mm-hmm. because. Um, on one end, usually uh, the, when the client comes through the door, the client has a mission. We want to, I don't know, boost revenue. We want to decrease cost, uh, churn. We want to build a new product so that we get um, bigger market share or whatnot. And they, they're, they have usually a clear picture of what the mission is. It's the problem, usually what I see is, especially when it comes to like, mature companies mm-hmm. is that vision is not as clear as one would think, or at least maybe the, the leader has the vision, which is usually the person that sees that, that thing, mm-hmm. but the rest of the team doesn't see that vision and you have, and then the leader has a problem, like what, how to communicate that. So how we try to address uh, within the process is that sure. We try to discover like, challenges that you might face but we also want to set a vision like what is like a north star where we're going mm-hmm. is you what we usually do is like a two-year two-year long-term goal which is not f- too far but it's not too close so it's like okay we that will be our north north star so i wouldn't i wouldn't go like a long-term vision more than that because we have to at the end of the day we have to set something in place and i think in two years time a lot of things can can change so you have to adapt to the market and two years in product especially now when you have ai is really long if you think think of it and then we try to find potential solution to that generate ideas prioritize solution and try to validate those so that would be like a short-term win uh, where you can basically uh, see if you're on the right course and you can still uh, correct it if you want to. So that's how I see that you you should balance it, uh, the long-term vision and the short-term goals. 
that is clear and um, we, the technology and everything is changing so rapidly and so is the case yeah. with users as well and that brings me to my next question and it is um, also one 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 other part of inspiration why i'm asking this question is you said your company is right human first and uh, nowadays there is a lot of um, demand or i would say focus on user centered design or you may call it as hcd or ucd human some somebody call it as human centered design also so how does this right. approach influence your product strategy and can you provide an example of how it has positively impacted a product yeah i think <clears throat> on one end so we have three different aspects so we have like a desirability which is usually be usually how the product is usable and use uh, and valuable then we have like a technology and then you ha- we have the business so viability um, and feasibility and i don't pers- i don't say we just only have to focus on uh, the user and forget about those two i i what i usually say to my clients is let's start with the uh with the end user in mind and work mm-hmm. backwards because it will be much easier than to see okay if there is a person that has a problem and we have solution that addresses that problem why not testing with them and see if we're on the right path yeah and that's the way i see it like a user centered design um and i know because i'm coming from the design background so i i was usually i, I was used to working on product design and we were always emphasizing user and we almost always forget like the business side of it because the usually the business person came into the uh through the door said okay build me a product that will i, I don't know uh generate new revenue and we always started like okay but what about the users and then we um over design just for the user which usually meant that the development side so um had a lot of work to do which means a lot of resources and then it meant okay so the business is not the business idea is not as good because we will spend a lot of resources to build that however if we can balance those three out by actually inviting in our process our design process like a business person the developer uh the marketing person customer success person and other experts that are needed then we can make informed decisions like how can we uh have how can we build the product for the end user in, with the end user in mind and then work backwards and come with the best possible solution and then test it with yeah. the users again great uh, i i think you are sharing all your wisdom with our audience and uh, this has been a fabulous conversation so far and it's time for us to add some spice some more excitement to the episode so if you are ready i'll trigger the second rapid fire round shall we get started <laughs> sure all right here comes my first bullet if you could have one gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it what would it say good question i don't know where that billboard would be but <laughs> let <laughs> let's say that the content is more important than the location <laughs> so uh, i would say build and test new products uh, by investing nothing more than one week instead of months wow build and test products by investing one month one week 
but not more than um, one month super yeah. great and uh, what's a great product you have used so far anything hmm i would say lately airbnb uh yeah. they've changed they've changed uh how they build product and i think they elevated their uh user experience and i think it's really good awesome compared to what it is on the market uh in their <laughs> own category mm-hmm. okay and can you now describe yourself in just one word a facilitator and if you could have dinner with any historical figure who would it be and what is the one question you would ask them oh good one I would say Steve Jobs. I would ask him when do you know the product is ready because he was building products for years when and I, I don't know when when he drew a line like that's now we will launch it. <laughs> Maybe based on your responses or something but I had a gut feel you would quote uh, Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I th- okay. I think he he, he did a really good products and Indeed. i use them like a lot but i still try to figure out those those processes like it took mm-hmm. them two years, multiple years to build some of the things so yeah um, yeah Could, couldn't agree more <laughs> okay comes the next bullet if you could have any super power what would it be and why probably to freeze time <laughs> because i think the the day doesn't uh, doesn't have enough hours and yeah Okay. that or or multiple or multiple hands so i can do more things at once <laughs> good one and here comes the last one for the rapid fire what is a piece of technology or innovation you wish existed but doesn't date probably a mind meld headset <laughs> like that can instantly align different stakeholders in the room that everybody can see their thoughts and ideas and i think we could we could uh, banish the phrase let's circle back on that to the history <laughs> I, i i love it i think it's it is going to save tons of time all you have to do is come into a room i'm just imagining if you remember avatar movie they try to attach those two tails right so like yeah. all of us should come together and just uh, touch our heads and we should get to yeah. download <laughs> Yeah, I only see the positive side. I don't think about negative. <laughs> no, no, that that's good actually. Yeah. And uh, it, it it's been uh, interesting rapid fire let's flip back to the mainstream. And lastly, sure. what advice would you offer to aspiring product strategists looking to excel in their careers and make a meaningful impact in the industry? Yeah, I think there's few things. Um I would say be curious. Like curiosity makes everything new and invites exploration basically i would say reframe problems because reframing is how you can unstuck and also uh helps you make sure that you're working on the right problem because sometimes we jump to solution right away uh and i don't think that's a good thing <laughs> always and i would say try stuff mm-hmm. like try to experiment because you're going to be wrong more time than you're going to be right and you want to get that part the wrong part out of the way quickly as possible i would say experiment and it's a journey so it will not happen like instantly uh that you will find something something really good and lastly i would say collaborate because the product strategy um 
or the pro building the product is collaborative sport. It shouldn't be like siloed thing. Uh, so include your team when working on a product strategy uh, to gain new perspective and also to get the buy-in from them. Awesome. Awesome, Simon. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And before I let you go, share with me, how is your experience being hosted on my platform, The Guiding Voice? Uh, good question. I, I think it was fun. I think it, it was different because you have interesting words that um, invites interesting answers. <laughs> All right. And thank you so much for being part of our journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe. I really appreciate you taking time Thanks. and joining me in this conversation and sharing tons of wisdom that you have accumulated or acquired over the last few years. And it is extremely insightful. I really appreciate it. And I'm Thanks looking for forward to me. many more conversations in future, Simon. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me. All right, so it was a pleasure to host uh, Simon and friends. That was our episode with Simon Thratnik. And before we jump into the fun trivia section, we have a quick request for you. If you haven't already subscribed to The Guiding Voice, please subscribe to our podcast from wherever you have tuned in because subscribing keeps you updated on new episodes. And also, if you have enjoyed this conversation and found it useful, please share with at least three of your friends or colleagues who would also like The Guiding Voice. So spread the knowledge and help others grow just like you. All right, now it brings us to the trivia segment of today's episode. So today's trivia is about Slovenia. After I had a powerful conversation around product strategy and how to deal with the emerging technology trends, I think Simon has shared a lot of insights. And instead of complementing information related to product strategy, I thought of talking about the country from where Simon has joined us from. So it is about Slovenia. So here are the three lesser known and interesting facts about Slovenia. First one is beekeeping tradition. Slovenia has a rich tradition of beekeeping and it is one of the very few countries in the world where beekeeping is a part of its cultural heritage. And the Carniolan honeybee native to Slovenia is one of the most popular and gentle bee species globally. And beekeeping is considered an essential part of the country's identity. Second fact is about vineyard haven. Slovenia is home to some of the oldest and largest vineyards and the Zametovka grapevine, which grows in Maribor, is recognized by the Guinness World Records as the world's oldest vine, dating back to the 17th century. And Slovenia is also known for its diverse wine regions, producing high-quality wines that often go unnoticed on the international stage. And the third one is about the oldest wooden wheel. In 2002, an archaeological discovery was made in Lulhana, the capital of Slovenia, that dates back to around 3500 BC. And the discovery is significant because it is considered to be the world's oldest preserved wooden wheel. It offers insights into early European technology and transportation methods. So these facts actually showcase the cultural and historical richness of Slovenia, making it a fascinating country to explore. So now at least I gave you some insights and about Slovenia. In case if you have come across any other interesting insights related to Slovenia, please pass them to me through YouTube, if you're watching it, you can comment there. 
in the form of comments share them in the form of comments or if you have found this episode on social media platform you can comment there as well i'm going to review them for sure and that's it for today's episode thank you so much for tuning in by taking your valuable time and also for being part of our awesome community folks we would love to hear from you so do not hesitate to share your ideas feedback topic recommendations and guest speaker suggestions either through our social media channels or through email and our email address is the guiding voice for you at redgmail.com let's create content that resonates with you so that you can get maximum value add out of it i'm your host navin samala a lifelong learner and my goal is to have impactful conversations that improve not only your life but also your career until next time take care stay inspired and remember the future holds great things because the best is yet to come goodbye for now see you all in the next episode with another amazing guest